Hey, I'm Kayla. And I'm Mallory. And we believe that your vibe attracts your tribe. Whether it be at work, or at your friend's house, or down at your local pub, your hive is your home. On this podcast, we dive into the pieces that make up our hive and our tribe. Topics such as life as a stylist, business tactics, and the culture in a workplace. Even how to handle the shitstorm life throws at you sometimes. Come join us on this wild journey we are still trying to figure out. We hope you laugh along with us. Or or at at us. us. Here we go. All right, let's do the damn thing. (laughs) All right, guys. So this is our sixth episode, I think. Yeah, number six. Yay. And I am so excited because Kayla's back from her honeymoon. I'm back, bitches. Yes. (laughs) Literally, I feel like it's been so long. Like, I've missed you so much. I think it's been like two months. Almost. Because you went on your trip. Yeah, I went down to see Kelly that just had her baby. And that was right before... Oh no, right after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. But I had been off since Thanksgiving and then I got back, but you had already left. Yep. And I was gone for 10 days. Yeah. And then the weekend after that or whatever. And so so it's like a whole month. Yeah. Basically a A whole whole month. month. It's been so long. I know. This is the first time that I have seen Kayla since then and I'm really excited. And literally when I first saw her, she was like, Oh, I missed you. You're so pretty. It's been so long. I forgot what your face looked like. That's what it feels like. It feels like it's been forever. Right? Like, you know the meme from the lady from Titanic where she's like, it's been 84 years. <laughs> That's what you said. You're like, it's been 84 years. That's I didn't like, get it until just now. <laughs> I was it, like, oh, okay. That's what it feels like. Like, I was texting Kayla while she was on a cruise like, I miss you. Yeah. I hope you're having fun. Come back. <laughs> um. So how was it? It's good. So we went on a cruise for 10 days down to Mexico, and we went to Puerto Vallarta, uh, Mazalan, Manzanilla, and Cabo. Mm-hmm. And Mexico was amazing. Being outside in Mexico and the water and everything about Mexico was amazing. I love all the ports. The cruise, on the other hand, Not was so fun. a little different. Um, it was like being in a retirement facility for 10 days. Really? Yeah. So apparently... What an interesting way to put a cruise. Like... <laughs> It's for real. So (laughs) apparently we found out on the cruise that we were the second youngest. So there was one person, (laughs) one couple younger than us. They were like 21. And then us. And then everyone was older, like 65 and older. There's a couple like 30-year-olds that we were hanging out with or like in their 30s, 40s. Um, But yeah, most of them were 65 and older, like in walkers. Oh my God. On a cruise. Yeah. (laughs) People weren't even getting off the ship. We found out that people were like, oh, "Oh, yeah, I didn't get off in Cabo. And we're like, what? What is there to do on the ship? Everything's weird. I don't know. Anyway, so we found out on the cruise that, so we went on Princess, but Carnival is for, like, younger with kids. Uh, like, So you picked the wrong cruise. Yeah. And then there's Royal Caribbean, which uh-huh. would be, like, more our age, uh-huh. kind of give you, like, more diversity, diversity. And then there's Princess. And granted, Princess has, like, the most amazing service. Like, uh-huh. I don't know if I can ever eat at another restaurant. Again, without someone putting a napkin on my lap every time I sit down. Wow. Bougie. Very bougie. Like, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Wow. <laughs> but It was just like a hair flip. <laughs> but there was nothing to do because it was all old people. And it was in December. So, in the time of the year, nobody was out of school yet. Uh-huh. So it was all the retired people. <laughs> that had time on their had hands. Had time on their hands. So yeah. we literally just slept and watched TV all day. Would you do another cruise? Uh, no. Oh my God. Unless, there is one, unless I had a couple friends that were going and we did not do a princess cruise. Unless okay. it was like maybe spring break mm-hmm. where people have it off. 
but yeah. See, this isn't helping my not wanting to go on a cruise thing. Because, you know, like last time I said Ryan wants to do a Disney cruise at some point. And we want to like, do a Disney cruise. Well, no, we want to do a Disney cruise. I know. Hans was like, I want to do a Disney cruise. I'm like, you just said you oh my God. this. Ryan would be so excited that you said that. We could totally go. Oh, my God. Because I we want to go without kids. I'm still not convinced. Like, we Give don't want to take kids. I didn't get seasick. There's only one day that I felt like my stomach was getting woozy, but I never got, like, sick. And I just okay. put the wristbands on that yeah, have the, the pressure points. And then it was, like, when it was calm water that I was, yeah. like, the most sick when it got really rough on our way home uh-huh. it was almost more fun because oh, you're like I would the boat's that. gonna tip over oh my god <laughs> I would have a I wish we would have got videos because so we were oh on my god, no Ugh, that would we, completely turn me away we were on our deck was deck five so it was the first or the bottom level close to the water the bare basically the yeah. last before far, being underwater no but we were pretty close I don't really know how to explain it but yeah. We would be, like, outside, and you, we were pretty high up from the water, uh-huh. um, but then when it got really rough, we would, like, it was at night, but you could see, like, pretty much around the boat from the yeah. lights from our window, and you could see, you could feel the butt, your stomach inside would, like, go up. Oh, God. And you could, like, not see, you wouldn't see, and it would be, like, blackout, <gasps> and then the boat would come out under or over the swell, oh, and it would crash down, oh, and white it. waves would come up and hit the no, window. I would and- have... <laughs> Literally, even just hearing you describe this is, like, giving me anxiety. Enhanced. So we were, like, laying there, and we're, like, trying to sleep, and I was like, oh, that was a big one. Oh, my <laughs> like, gosh. Oh, that was a big one. Nope. And then he'd be, like, we'd be, like, trying to sleep. Nope. And he'd jump up and look over the window and be like, oh, look at that one. Oh, my gosh. That was a big one. Did you see that one? I'm like, no, I'm oh, laying here. Nope. But he was getting so excited. Nope. Sorry, Ryan. It's not going to happen. It was really fun. The, I mean, the waves were fun, you guys. Oh like, God. we had things to I'm, like, so turned off ourselves. by that. Like, no. <laughs> I, I'm, like, sweating already thinking about I it. I mean, it's making me sweat <laughs> thinking about it, too, because it was intense. But oh, anyway, man. so cruise, not so much, but Mexico was a lot of fun. Cabo, I think, was our favorite place. We just laid out on the beach the entire time. That sounds nice. And um, we got to go to this um, hotel called Casa de Laura. Mm-hmm. Laura, something like that. And it was like the nicest hotel and it was right on the beach and it was like 80 degrees with a slight wind and the water is like, we're from Oregon so we're used to like the freezing coast and it was like kind of cold when you got in but then you like dove in and it was Uh like refreshing and... See, that sounds nice. It was glorious. I would probably just fly to that though. I'd like skip the whole cruise ship. That's what we're thinking about doing Straight down to Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. But... What did you do when I was gone? Oh my gosh. Well, okay, so I went down to see my best friend yeah. and her little baby, little baby Bennett, who's already 10 months old. Oh my God, he's a month. It's been Ten like. Months. <laughs> sorry. It's been a day. Um, so he's he, only a month old. Yeah, he's only a month old, um, which is just insane already. I can't believe that. And I just had all the baby snuggles, um, and I was there for about a week. And I went and saw my other, a few of my other friends um, in the LA area. I went to Disney for a day because obviously I can't go down there and not go to <laughs> Disney. Um, and Chris Pratt was there when I was at Disney, which was like highlight of my life. Is it weird that I don't know who that is? You don't know who Chris Pratt is? No, you kept. Hello, Guardians of the Galaxy. Never seen it. Um, the Parks and Recreation. Uh, he plays Andy Dwyer. I don't know. It's, I think that's his name, Andy Dwyer. I think. Sorry if that last name is wrong, but it's Andy on Parks and Rec. Um, 
Sorry, those are like the only two things I can think of right now <laughs> off the top of my head that he's in. I know, you kept posting about it. I'm like, I don't know who this person is. Oh my gosh. I don't know how anyway, you don't know. Anyways, know. he's a total babe. And he's on <laughs> Did my, you see him? Yeah, and he's on my list. So <laughs> I was like, this is my moment. <laughs> Ryan would have understood. Oh my God. Um, he was there because Disney, the first weekend of December, they have the candle lighting. Mm. which is the most beautiful thing. Like, I honestly almost cried. It was so pretty. They do two showings of it, um, one at, like, 5.30-ish and one at Did you go to both? No, I just went to one. Um, and I didn't even know it was going on that weekend until my friend that I was with who works for Disney was telling me all about it. Um, and they always have a celebrity guest that um, narrates the... Uh, the candle lighting. And so basically what they do is it's in town square. When you first walk into Disney, they have the railroad yeah. station. So it's right in front of the station and it's like a 300 person choir. Whoa. It's dark cause it's like winter time. So it gets dark at like five. Um, everyone, there's Christmas lights everywhere. They all are holding candle. And so Chris Pratt was narrating the Christmas story and he would Aww. like say like a segment and then the choir would start singing like joy to the world, like in all the Christmas songs. And it was phenomenal. Aww. Like I had goosebumps the whole time. I literally almost cried cause it was, the choir was phenomenal. Like the setting was beautiful. And then Chris Pratt was there and he's <laughs> also so beautiful. Um, so that was easily like the highlight of the trip. Um, but by the end of it, I was so ready to come back home. Really? Yeah, because, which isn't normal for me. I was so anxious while I was down there. And, which isn't normal for me. I, I have, like, some anxiety. It's, like, quite a while ago that I, like, had it really bad. And I've been able to control it just, like, with breathing exercises and stuff. And, like, I know more people have, like, anxiety way 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 worse than I do so I don't really like to talk about it and play it up because I know other people have it worse and um but oh my god like I had a panic attack on my way to Disney like I was riding in an uber by myself it was about a 40 minute drive to Disneyland and about 10 minutes in to the car ride like I just started freaking out I was so anxious like even before then were you meeting anybody at Disney yeah I was meeting my friend there um but I was in the uber by myself and, like, the whole trip I'd been just more on edge, like, just, like, higher anxiety more than normal, but it really, like, this was when it got really bad, and so, like, not even 10 minutes before, maybe, like, eight minutes before, like, the drop-off to the Disneyland entrance, I had it, like, the whole time, like, my heart was racing, I was feeling like I was sick, like, I just had, like, you know, like, fight or flight, I was like, I need to get out, like, now and so we were stopped at a light and there was a gas station right next to us and I told the uber driver that like this is fine I'll just get out here and I got out of the car what I needed to get out like so bad like I was freaking out and I've never had this happen to me and so I still had like eight minute drive 15 minute walk so I walked the rest of the (laughs) way to Disneyland to meet my friend I came in the like back entrance by like the Disneyland hotel um, still freaking out. Thought the walk would help. Didn't help. I like called Ryan, freaking out because I like didn't know what to do because this has never happened to me before. And I was wearing these like high waisted pants, and I felt so like restricted in these pants that I went to the only clothing store in downtown Disney, bought a pair of looser fitting pants because I was like, in my head that like made sense. I was like, this yeah. is gonna make me feel better. Like I don't care. Anything that can help right now is gonna lose. help. Yeah. And so I bought those pants. Paid way too much for them, but I was like fuck it I need it and it helped but it literally took like at least an hour still like after meeting my friend to calm down weird yeah I, I couldn't do it and so then 
my friend whose house that I was staying at, I had asked her to come pick me up from Disneyland, which was about like almost an hour out of her way coming home from work because I just like couldn't handle being an Uber by myself again. It was so bad. And then I've like been on edge ever since then. I know it's so crazy like I posted to my Instagram while I was there um if anybody had any tips for it because like I said I had never had a panic attack like this um and I am just so thankful for like how open and like nice that everyone has been regarding this and like I'm not like normally that vulnerable on like social media and I mean I'm telling you guys on this podcast right now um and it's just been so like heartwarming like how many people can relate to it and have like so much advice and tips and tricks that worked for them that they mm-hmm. were openly willing to share and that was really helpful and I still have had people like check in and be like hey like how are you doing like are you doing awesome. better or, like did this help like yeah. here's this and so that's been really nice so for all you guys listening out there I am still currently struggling my anxiety has gone down since then but I'm still pretty on edge I mean the holiday time doesn't help yeah so if you guys have any tips or tricks that help you like please dm me on my instagram send them all my way um if you have therapists that you see that you absolutely love and trust I would also love recommendations for that because I'm currently looking for a therapist that I'd like to see um just send all all the love and help and tips my way because yeah. this is newer territory for me but yeah mental health is super important yeah totally I've been also looking for a therapist I have yet to like pull the trigger about mm-hmm. it but I have a lot of just like random stuff that going on that I feel like yeah. I'm like I'm not crazy about this no. nobody's crazy I honestly think everybody can benefit from a Agreed. therapist because it's so good to just have an unbiased outside opinion yeah. to provide advice. Yep. That can see it from like a totally like blank slate, yep. clear minded view and help guide you in the direction that you need. Yeah. Or like help you, you know how like that class we went to, it's like helping you come to the yeah. realization or the the answer to your problem, like yeah. just by not saying anything, exactly. you know, or like whatever they do. And you're like, oh, this is right. Like you get, you can get so caught up in your own head that it's hard to like yeah. see what you really need and so I feel like um therapy is so beneficial for everybody in that yeah. sense so send your Definitely. recommendations Kayla and my way yeah but that's pretty much what I was doing Crazy. while you were gone I was trying to like get over my anxiety and and prep for Christmas which I'm like 100% ready for and have been for like a week I always think I'm ready I'm like oh yeah I got all my gifts wrapped I have nobody on my list and then someone's like oh I got you a Christmas present and I'm like fuck I didn't get them one only because I'm, like, I'm friends with that person, in, this person in particular, but I'm not that close with them. And so uh-huh. I'm like, shit, now I have to go buy them something. She literally just texted me, oh. and I'm like, dang it, I thought you it was done. To. The older I get, the more I realize you don't have to get everybody a gift. Only the people you really want to I know, but if to. someone gives you something and you don't have anything in return. I would feel bad, but like I said, the older I she get, the more I don't care. I swear, I don't even know what it would be. You know, maybe a nice, well-written letter. Yeah. You know? It goes a long way sometimes. <laughs> Give her a gift certificate yeah. to the hive. Yeah. There we go. Boom. That's Boom. always a great gift. That's a good one. Massage. There! See? Yeah. I just answered my own problem. Perfect. Glad anyway. we could talk it out. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's uh, what's been going on with Kayla and I over the last couple of weeks. Um, keep listening because we've got a really awesome interview coming your way. Stay tuned. 
All right, so for today's episode, we are interviewing Ricky. She is one of our top people at Honeycomb Salon, and we're super excited to have her here in the studio. Yeah. Say studio hi, Rick. Being... Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. She did a hand gesture with that. You guys can't see it, but it was, it was pretty nice. It was cute. Okay, so Rick, I have to start our first question off with this because the people want to know. All right. Um... Where do you get your shoes? Because you have, a, like, a shoe problem. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, I would definitely call it a problem at this point. <laughs> um, I love shoes, and I get them everywhere. Yeah, like, not from, like, one particular yeah, place. Yeah, not from one particular place. I have no judgment on shoe places. I like them all. <laughs> love them all. How many shoes do you have? Pairs of shoes, do you know? Oh, no, no idea. But um, You had to, like, guess. Yeah. I would say, like, not as much as people would think. I would think it's probably around, like, 70. <laughs> 70 <laughs> pairs? I was thinking that was low. What? I'm, like, at maybe 15, 20. Oh, so yeah. I can Same. only imagine. I mean, I've seen Ricky's shoe closet, so yeah. I can attest to this. Like, she has an actual nook of a closet with mm-hmm. like shelves on it for shoes and it's full and so she has to put her shoes outside the closet yeah now, right? i need to add more shelves at this point <laughs> i probably have like at least four pairs that are unable to be on shelves and i have this weird thing but i with my shoes like i want them to be comfortable <laughs> you know <laughs> i love it they keep me comfortable i wasn't expecting like 70 no Definitely. Really? I was expecting 50. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I think... You I should count people, them one day. I should count them one day, but I, I feel like everybody knows my shoe obsession, so yeah. I was assuming maybe people would think like, ooh, 120, like around that area, yeah. but like, I think it's like, I was lowballing it by 70, but... Yeah. You honestly, knows? one of these days should just count, count. all of them, mm-hmm. so you can have a number for it. I should, ask. yeah. I mean, it's constantly growing daily, so... <laughs> but then you can just keep adding to them. Yeah, <laughs> they keep putting tally marks. Do you have, yeah. like, a favorite brand that you have, like, multiple of, or you have drawn Gianni to? Beanie. Gianni Beanie is probably my favorite. Okay. I think I, I like their styles the most. Um, my shoe obsession started when I lived in Texas and would go to Dillard's all of the time. So Dillard's is, like, the southern Nordstrom. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, love them. Here in town, though, where do you typically, like, getting your shoes from? Well, in town, I feel like there's only really Miss Mears. Mm-hmm. That's the only place that I get them from there. But I look everywhere. Like, if I see a pair at TJ Maxx, like, I'm going to yeah. get them. A pair at Ross, I'm going to get them if I like them. Didn't you just get a new pair somewhere that were, like, $10? <sighs> the boots? Oh, Goodwill. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See? They, yeah, no a pair anywhere. of New Balance. There you go. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. so do you get nice. them more in person or do you ever get them online? Um, probably more in person, but I do get them online often yeah. enough. And probably Nordstrom Rack is where I shop online for shoes most. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I had to know. The people asked. Yeah, it's, I was curious. Yeah. I asked the people what they wanted to hear from Ricky Hansen, and they were like, where do you get your shoes? <laughs> yeah, it's valid. So I would say if I had to name one place, Nordstrom Rack yeah. is where I get it's most of them. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So um, how did you get into the hair industry, and how long have you been doing it? Um, so I'm going on 11 years this year, I believe, um, doing hair, and... I never wanted to do hair. I just kind of stumbled on it and ended up loving it. 
Um, so I graduated early from high school and living in a small town and from Walport, went to beauty school in Newport. And when you're in a small town, you just don't really have much to do. And I'm kind of a busy bee and I like to be doing stuff at all times, but I'm also a very big square. So, I mean, it's not like I was on the beach doing like bad things. I was like <laughs> trying to think what I, my future was going to be. I had too much going on to be doing drugs and alcohol. Like everybody else. Oh, like everybody else on the coast. I feel like that's what the only thing there is to do there. So I graduated early from high school, went to beauty school because it was my mom's idea and um, finished, got a job right out of beauty school at a salon in Newport, Earthbound Beauty Day Spa. And I just loved it. I loved that just chatting with people. The gift of the gab. You do love The gift of the gab. Mm -hmm. I I like that. Okay, but... Just because I know you, so mm-hmm. I know your background a little yeah. bit, but the people don't. Because um, you went to school for something else. Yeah. Web development. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <It's> so, so <laughs> random. <laughs> so random. Um, so I had what I like to call quarter life crisis. You know, I had that too. It's okay. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I've only ever done hair. And like I said, I graduated early from high school, went straight to beauty school, yeah. right into my first job. So I kind of had this... Um, time where I was like, oh my God, I can't do anything else. This is all I know. Like, what if something happened to me or like my hands or whatever? I mean, not, I mean, coding. I can't do that. I need my hands for that too, (laughs) I guess. But I was like, I need another skill set. Yeah. So I went back to school in Portland to this place called Code Fellows. It's like um, a trade school for coding. Yeah. So I can code on the side. Do Interesting. You, do yeah. you still? Like, oh, could no, you? not as not that much. I still <laughs> could, I think. Like, if somebody asked me to write, like, them something in JavaScript and front-end, I could do that. Yeah. But only front-end development. Like, back-end's way too complicated for me. I don't even know what that means. I don't means. know what that means either. Yeah. Back-end's, like, software development. So, okay. like, actually making software. And it's kind of where people have to be... I don't even know how people do that. I couldn't do it because you like are building this whole software that you don't even know it works until you, you like, yeah, try it. And in front end development, it's pretty much like straightforward. Like you can move a box here, make the page change a certain okay. way. So you can see it instantly. Like you write a piece of code and then run that code and you can see it working to where software, it's like you're sitting there writing code, writing code, writing code until you hoping almost just it hoping it works and... Yeah. Then you run it, and all of that work that you put in may or may not work. Yeah. So you went to coding school, basically, mm-hmm. um, and you graduated. Yeah. And then did you work in coding at all, or did you go back into doing hair after that? No, so I did hair the whole time through it. So okay. I was doing hair the whole way through it, working at a salon. I was going to night classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I tried a little bit, but honestly, not very hard to get a job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just needed... To do something else. That was different. Yeah, that was different. And so I went to school for it and spent a lot of money doing it and don't do any of it, <laughs> which I'm totally fine with. Yeah. That's yeah. Because now if I really needed to, it's kind of like, I feel like it's back in the bank somewhere that if something did happen to me, that picking up coding at this point would be a really easy for me compared to like... Starting off. Yeah, starting off. Yeah, totally. So you were up in Portland for a while. 
Um, why Honeycomb then? Like, how'd you end up here? So I was up in Portland, and um, my husband and I were in Texas for a really long time, and we mm-hmm. wanted to move back home to Oregon. So moved to Portland because my thought was, it's far enough away from the coast that like nobody could just pop out of nowhere and um close enough where i could go and visit and i always thought i would love the city Mm -hmm. and i do not (laughs) i am not a city person i always thought i would be but definitely not um so my best friend lives here and she wanted me to move here at the beginning and i didn't and then she was like i'm opening a salon and you hate portland so you (laughs) should yeah you should move here And at first I was like, no, no, because I really thought that maybe I wanted to make coding work for me and Portland would be the place to be if I was going to do that. And then um, I just really thought about it and came down for her wedding week and spent the whole week with her here. That was like really shortly after she opened Honeycomb. Mm -hmm, I think like a week, right, Matt? Yeah, I remember that because it was just me, Kayla, Brittany, and Alicia at that point. I wasn't even there yet at her wedding. Oh, yeah. I was like hired but hadn't started yet yeah yeah because I was like in it was in September mm-hmm. of 2016 yeah Crazy. yeah and, and so we opened July that same year so yeah so just, just a, a few months, months yeah and so she was really trying to she's laying it on thick and showing me like the salon and introducing me to all of the people <laughs> and was like what's really funny is I had I had finished work early or something and you and Alicia were meeting up later and I came and hung out with you at American Dream yeah. Pizza, and before I went, she was like, Alicia told me, you should really talk up Honeycomb to Ricky. I really want to get her down here, yeah. so just really sugar it up. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I went out with you. We uh-huh. went to... Um, we went and got pizza. We went and got pizza, yeah. And so, hanging out, and I still wasn't convinced at that point. <laughs> I didn't sweet talk her enough. Yeah, I still... Sorry, Mal. <laughs> I wasn't convinced, but it was, like... It was on your mind. It wasn't on my mind. I guess, like, when you grow up on the coast, you think Corvallis, like, it's so close. You're like, ooh, there's what's special, I guess, about this town, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you think of Oregon and the towns, I guess Portland was just where I thought I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And then um, I had, like, a scenario at the salon that I was at that was not good and just put me kind of in an awkward position and talked to Alicia a lot about it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I just don't think this is a place that I can be. Right. And um, she was just like, well, then come down here. She was like, I have a salon. I have a like, salon. And I'm like, imagine that. <laughs> and um, so I talked to Phil about it, my husband, and he wasn't really enjoying Portland either at all, mm-hmm. but wasn't quite sure, you know, what Corvallis had to offer. So I brought him down here, spent a little bit of time, and he was like, you know, at this point, like, we should just do whatever you want to do for your career and mm-hmm. what brings you happiness, and then I'll follow along and uh, find something for me eventually. Yeah. So that's how I got to Honeycomb. I met up with Pat and Alicia. I told Alicia I was really serious about it, and so had a meeting with her and Patrick. Mm-hmm. And um, they were like, yeah, if you really think you want to move down here and you want to make it work, like, you have a chair, so. And two years later, here you are. Two years later, here I am. (laughs) Okay, so you are a high performer at the salon. Um, So what are things that motivate you? Um, So I am slightly competitive, and it's kind of a secret I keep to myself. It's obviously not a secret, but I don't really talk about it often or try to be competitive. I just like to be really good at what I do. 
you know? Yeah. There's nothing wrong so, with that. Yeah. And so within myself, I just have this competitive nature that I know, like, I'm competitive within myself. Like, I know I should do that better, you know? So that really motivates me and to always be, like, grounded in my craft, know what I'm talking about, and um, do it well. So I think that's really what motivates me into becoming a high performer. Um, but I think what motivates me with behind the chair is just that client interaction. Like, Mm -hmm. like I said, I just love to chat with people and hang out and like have a good time with them. And you're a good conversationalist. Yeah. And I, I love to tell stories as you guys all know. Yeah. It's so funny. (laughs) She's got a story for everything. Got a story for everything. And so, um, I guess I just enjoy my time with my client and I love when they tell me they love their hair and they love their Mm -hmm. time together. So that's what motivates me behind the chair, but the high performers definitely just me wanting to be better at what I do every day. Yeah, totally. So this next question, we really like asking a lot of people now, um, what would you say has been your biggest failure? Failure. Yeah, you can take your time if you need to think of it. Honestly, I would say my time in Portland. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't think I really gave it my all when I was there. Um, so normally I'm really competitive with myself and I push myself to become the best that I can. And I just really didn't do that in Portland. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't like where I was working and I just felt like Portland's such like a dog-eat-dog world up there. And it really drawed me down like nobody's there uplifting one another they're just all trying to get ahead of one another yeah and that really like bummed me out and because of that I was just kind of like fuck it I can't do well like I'm just this is not a place for me yeah like yeah everybody's just trying to get ahead of me and I was just like go for it go for it like whatever Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna have a good time over here doing whatever I want not trying to like get ahead but so I would say that was probably my biggest failure was just my time in Portland because like I said I like to be the best at what I do and then there it was just so hard like yeah it's saturated market there's hairdressers everywhere and it's just hard to get your name out there Mm -hmm. so I just like totally crumbled and didn't want to do it and that's probably why I went back to school that was my quarter life crisis went Mm -hmm. back to school for web development because I was like this is annoying and I'm gonna learn something new. Um, so you're a Redkin artist. Tell us what that means and why you chose to be one. Yeah, so being a Redkin artist is working for Redkin and you go around and you teach classes, whether it's in your discipline is color, your discipline is design, like you teach within that discipline and mine I've chosen color. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am technically not a Redken artist yet. Okay. But by August is when I like that's my graduation from induction. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So (laughs) right now it takes it's like almost it's over a year program. I'm calling it a program. I don't really know what else you would call it, Mm -hmm. but um, it's a whole year and they send us to four different classes. Um, So my first class was to become a store educator for Redken. And what that is, is like I go in store. So in salon, all the salon centrics where us as stylists buy all of our products from, I teach inside that store. Mm-hmm. Um, once I'm done with the whole induction process and graduate and become a Redken artist, then I start going in salons okay. and 
from my understanding, it's also a lot like um, building yourself behind the chair clientele wise. My new clientele is going to be stylist. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. So trying to get um, a clientele of stylists wanting to come to my classes and wanting the education that I have to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to go about that quite yet, but Redken has a lot of good resources for me to learn from and mm-hmm. mentors to learn learn from. So I'm really excited. It's like going to be something different than I've ever done before. And I'm excited for the new endeavor and the new education I'm going to get. I mean, mm-hmm. just think about like, I'm supposed to share a bunch of educa- education with people. So that means I'm just going to be getting all the education. They say yeah. you learn better by teaching. So Definitely. I'm just super excited of how it's going to benefit other stylists mm-hmm. and to bring them up within the career and within their career in here. And also like the education I'm going to get by teaching people. I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah. And why did you want to become a Redkin artist? So I always just say I just bleed Redkin, like, through and through. <laughs> so awesome. I, yeah, I, like, have used Redkin since beauty school, mm-hmm. and it's the only brand I've ever used, and it's kind of crazy. I kind of have this weird cult-following mentality <laughs> to it, which is kind of crazy, but... um I just think they offer so much education. Like, I've yeah. looked into other lines before, and they do have education, but not the amount that Redken has. And Redken has, like, the whole exchange in New York that's a really cool mm-hmm. experience to go to, and you get education at a different level at that point. And it's just they anywhere you turn, there's education for you via Redken. So it's kind of like a no-brainer for me to want to educate for them. Totally. Did you know that you wanted to, like, be an educator? Like, teach other people? Um, I think so. I think I've always wanted to do it, but I never pulled, like, the plug, if you will, to do it. Like, I love helping people. And like I said, that's one thing about Portland that I didn't like, is, like, everybody felt like it was bringing, trying to get ahead of everybody. Mm -hmm. And I like to be in an industry and be in a place where you're helping bring everybody up. Right. You know, there's room for all of us up top. Totally. Like, we all can be there. Like, we all can fit. Yeah, there's a lot of hair in this world, and we can all do it. (laughs) All of us. So, I just want to, like, uplift other stylists, and educating them is my way of doing that. Yeah. So that they feel confident behind the chair doing what they're doing and using what they're using. That's my main thing, is being grounded in the knowledge of what you're doing. Like, stylists need to know what they're doing and why they're doing it for what hair types and that individual's needs. Like, if you don't have that knowledge, then how are you going to help that person in your chair? Totally. That's how I see it. So at Honeycomb Salon, you have an associate. And in our last podcast episode, we talked to Jessica about being an associate and going actually through the program. So tell us a little bit what it's like to actually have an associate, like working with you. Like you're the lead stylist that they're working under. What's that like? Yeah. So um, working with an associate every day is so much fun. Yeah. It's, I think I got really lucky with Cayenne, especially because her and I click really well and it's just like hanging out with your best friend and then talking about hair. Like I could talk about formulation, color, why I'm doing what I'm doing, like the product I'm using all day. Mm -hmm. So when Cayenne asked me questions, I'm just like, oh my God, this is why I'm doing it. Like this is why I'm using it. And I get like super excited about it. 
which I think rubs off on to her. Totally. You know, like, she's super excited about the education aspect and super open and wanting to learn everything that I have to offer. Um, I think it also is really good on the associate side of it that they get that real-life experience Mm -hmm. and they get to hang out with me and see how I deal with maybe somebody that's um, more on the difficult side versus also seeing my clients that I do all the time and seeing that really great um, relationship that I have with my clients and then knowing that she's eventually going to grow all of that for herself. Um, I just think the program is really great. I wish I would have been able to go through it, but they didn't on the coast when I got out of school. There was, I think there was one person maybe that was doing it, but it was just hard to get into that one person. Mm-hmm. So I just went out on my own. But the program gives like really, really good, like real life experience because when you're in school, they're really, I feel like school just is trying to get you to pass the boards. Mm-hmm. They yeah. just want you to know the basics. Yeah. And so, you know, this is how you apply retouch. This is how you foil. This is how you mix color. This mm-hmm. is color formulation. Like all of those of things. Yeah. And then um, when you are working with a stylist that's been behind the chair for already like so many years, then you learn like different foil placements. You learn different formulations and why they're formulating that way. I just think it gives them like this huge head start out into the industry because they're feeling more confident with themselves because they have their opportunity days where mm-hmm. they're not working behind the chair with me and they're on their own building their own clientele, which is really, really great head start for them when mm-hmm. they get out on their own and are working 100% by themselves behind the chair. Totally. I think it is a great head start for people. Mm-hmm. And Kenyon was your first associate. Was it hard getting used to having like having someone work with you side by side all day long? Like, did it take a little bit to get used to that, or did, was it pretty like quick off the bat? It's hard to get used to um, man- not managing, not only managing your own time, but now you're managing managing somebody else's time as well. Mm-hmm. So in my head, like when I was on my own behind the chair, I was like, okay, this needs to sit for 20 minutes. Then I'm going to do rinse them out and tone and all of these things. And I need them out of the shampoo bowl by this time, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, like time management. But now I am trying to teach somebody else, not only those time management skills, but keep them on track. And I consider myself like a fun person to be around and to hang out with. And so, you are. yeah, so it's like I try not to make it all about that either with the associate. Like, mm-hmm. I want them to know, like, I want them to take it seriously because I'm very lighthearted most of the time. And to know, like, see, we need them out of the bowl at this time because we don't, we need to have respect for the client's time that's coming in after this client, you know? Like, I'm thinking about the big scheme of, like, my whole day mm-hmm. and trying to be respectful of everybody's time and how it's all going to flow and trying to teach her that. And that's probably the hardest part of associate is time management mm-hmm. with somebody else. Yeah. Because you're so- not just thinking about yourself at that point. Right. And so from a client's standpoint, what does it look like for them, like, when you have an associate? Because there's two people working on you, like, what kind of like walk us through that so um I like to call it like the Beyonce experience (laughs) you know (laughs) like a Beyonce probably doesn't just have one person working on their hair well on her hair it's multiple people so Mm -hmm. the associate works with me 
pretty hands-on with mostly everything. She's going to be applying color with me. Mm -hmm. She's doing mostly all of my washes and tones and conditioning treatments. Mm -hmm. And she's also doing the blowout for me as well. And Mm -hmm. those are all things that I, all of those things I take very seriously individually. Mm -hmm. So giving that experience to her and having her give the same experience to my guests that I would give to them is very important to me. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just think it's a really cool experience for my clients to be able yeah. to like... Double the fun. Double the fun. It's seriously, we have a good time. And and it really is. I get my hair cut by Ricky and I go to Ricky because I can, one, talk to Ricky all the time when I see her at the chair. And it's so fun. Like, you get to double the people to talk to yeah i'm a talker too i mean i always hear you guys from across the salon because i'm like opposite sides of you guys and i can hear you guys just like giggling away over there like i wonder what's so funny we have funny stories all the time and i think it's fun because when i'm performing this service like doing my haircut or doing color then it's a lot of like you know me time like I get to hang out with them and talk to them mm-hmm. but then when Cayenne or whoever it is that's with me that day is shampooing them out or blow drying she gets her own experience with that client too you know so I think that's super cool on both aspects for my yeah. client and for Cayenne. Yeah with your client like when I it's like you have a different relationship with each person you're uh-huh. building that connection mm-hmm. with two people within the same hour. Totally. Yeah. So um, in high school Mm-hmm. I heard that you were voted most gullible. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> so with that, um, I also heard that Corinne's husband is mar- or related to Paris Hilton. Yes. <laughs> do you think that this is true? I do think it's true. <laughs> but I thought true. it was a secret. It's not true. So I haven't said anything, so that's why I'm very taken back. So this is a whole experience. Okay, fill me in, because okay, I have so, no idea. We're filling you guys in, too. Today, I was in the car with Corinne. Did you ask Corinne to say this no, before? No, Corinne oh, asked me oh. to say this. So it was recorded. So, yep. Here we okay, go. so I was in the car with Corinne today, and I told her that Ricky was our um, guest speaker, and she was like, oh my gosh, I have a story. So Corinne's husband's last name is um, was Hilton. He was adopted. So before he was adopted, his last name was Hilton. Mm-hmm. And Ricky was like, oh, like Paris Hilton. Phil said that. Phil said yes, that. I was yeah, okay. right there. Phil said this. <laughs> and Corinne must have said, yeah, like Paris Hilton. But like jokingly, not mm-hmm. being serious. Is it all a joke? <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> How? Phil even told me. Phil said, Ricky, I think they're just playing an elaborate joke on you. There's no way. There's no way. And I was like, Phil, just imagine how many little Hiltons are running around. That dude was spreading his seed like nobody's business. That's the way I thought of it. I love your thought process for things too. Like you have a whole train like of a story of how things Oh, I happen. made the whole story up in my head before like right hearing that instantly. <laughs> Instantly, like she said, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I also, her, so. I love that you were nominated most gullible. Well, yes, <laughs> I was, but I won. The word behind on the street apparently is I won two of them. I got wow. I got most gullible and I got best dressed, but I wasn't like really the most popular girl, and they gave. 
they didn't let me choose. They didn't let me choose between best dressed and most scoldable because what do you think I would have chose? Best dressed, of course. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> so they gave me most gullible and then gave like their friend. Rude. Rude. Yeah. Best <laughs> dressed, like rude. I should have chosen. <laughs> That's funny. So that was just a little tidbit really into Ricky's gullibleness. Very, very gullible. Yeah, so it is not true. He's not related to Paris Hilton. So I have another question for you. Um, what advice would you give to future stylists, like people in beauty school right now that are coming into the industry at this time of age? Um, what would you say to them? I would tell them to get on their social media game now. Yeah. It's, like, never too soon to start that. Like, if you're in beauty school, you should still be, like, taking pictures of all of the hair that you're doing because it's just creating good habits. Mm -hmm. That's a... I feel like a lot of things behind the chair that we do become, like, they're just our habits, our everyday habits that we do, whether it's taking pictures of our hair or a certain way we shampoo or offering conditioning treatment, all these things are habits. So starting social media early is really good. Um, I would also say that the associate program, looking into associate programs in your area is really huge just because I do feel like right outside of the associate program is like you get a huge head start Mm -hmm. than if you are just coming right out of school and working on your own. You know a lot of the ins and outs of how the industry really works before you're expected to be out on your own and Mm -hmm doing all of that kind of stuff totally so yeah associate programs do it social media do it all of it love awesome. it cool thanks ricky yeah thanks so much for being on our podcast and supporting Thank us you. yes so i am fun. so excited to see how you guys do throughout this whole journey Aww. yeah it's been really fun yeah because this is our sixth episode i think i don't know i feel like we should cheers once we hit 10 yes right yeah i you should s- somehow no no, that's way too much. I was going to say you should bring all of the people back that you've interviewed. I'm like, no, that would be I mean, it'd be easy because it's well, so we're hard all here. It's just all the honeycomb crew. Yeah. yeah. There's just a lot of us and we'll all be talking over yeah. each other. We eventually, there's other people outside of honeycomb we want to interview, but we yeah. felt like it'd be really important to, since we're so into the culture, to share everybody's story at honeycomb because there's so many of us so and everybody. Yeah, and everybody has a different story. Yeah. That's a great point. I love that we all do, you know. We're Mm -hmm. all so different, Mm -hmm. but we all get along so well. Because I feel like there's no judgment within the walls of Honeycomb. And we all just do our thing. And everybody, like, appreciates everybody and uplifts everybody. Mm -hmm. And we just all make each other better, like, at what we do and in our normal lives, like, everyday life, too. Yeah, not just hair, but, like, yeah, not outside just of it, too. Just outside, yeah, like, one, any one of you could call me at any point, and I'd probably be like, yeah, let's hang out, like, whatever, yeah. like, we're all friends, you know? Yeah, we got each other's back. Yeah. Cool. I love it. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast, you guys. We really hope that you got something out of it. Even if you didn't, thanks for listening. Anyways, we still love you. If you really loved it, screenshot this episode and share it to your Insta story, Facebook story, whatever story, and use the hashtag What's the Buzz Podcast. We will be releasing an episode every other week. So make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. Bye. Bye.